Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everyone. It's Sunday, guys. And guess what? I'm back again. I'm here for the weekend grind. I'm taking over for Travis Mangone. So, sorry. You have to deal with this one more day until he's back next weekend. But we got a nice little, I believe it's a 10, 12, 13, something like that game slate. It's weird. They don't include the last few games on it. But a nice little slate on hand. And I am joined by Chief Justice. Zero six. Will, I can't remember how to pronounce your last name. It's all good. Last name is Priester, man. I mean, it's exactly like it's spelled. I should be able to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. No, another day, another slate. Uh, you know, DFS life, man. When you're, when you're full-time like, like we are, it's just every day just brings something new and exciting. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like, some go well, some go badly, but almost every single slate's interesting. There's almost never a slate where I'm not either interested in cash or in GBPs. There's always something there. Today is no different. I really like it. It's interesting where I'm going to go with SB2. Like, that's – if you're not playing cores, it's interesting where to go. So, let's get started breaking it down. You ready? I'm ready to roll. All right, first game, Mariners at Red Sox. Sale against Marco Gonzalez, eight over under – uh, the Mariners only have a 3.09 uh, implied team total. So, first off, we have to we're, – we're probably not playing Mariners, right? I, I sure hope not. Uh, hopefully we can temper expectations. The Mariners have been just destroying Boston here, Boston pitching, you know, the past two games, you know, Friday night and, and of course, tonight they went off for another seven runs and, I just don't think we should expect any of that tomorrow with Chris Sale on the bump. So this is going to be an extreme stay away spot for any Seattle bats. Uh, I think I'm going to have some interest in Chris Sale at 13.4K. We just have to see if I can get that worked out with the rest of my team on the offensive side. Yeah, no, it's going to be real tough with that price tag. Um, I'm obviously not using Mariners bats and sales, the guy I want, but it all depends on what value plays open up throughout the day. Like as of right now, it's going to be tough for me to put him into my lineup, but like, he's just so good and such a guaranteed amount of points, but there's cores on the slate. So it's hard to do both. Uh, not using Marco Gonzalez. I'm not, uh, and I'm probably going to be playing a decent amount of Red Sox bats. What about you? Well, you know, I, I, I don't know. I've actually, Got a lot of respect for Marco Gonzalez. Uh, I've used him in spots like this before. Um, at that price of 5.9K, man, that's so affordable for what he's been doing. I know he kind of got rocked a little bit by the Yankees, but he was cruising along before he gave up, I think, two or three home runs in the same inning. So I, I may have some interest in Marco Gonzalez tomorrow if I think he can get through five to six innings and maybe give up two runs. I mean, I'm not expecting the same results as uh, uh, tonight's pitcher, G. Wiz. I mean, I, I don't know what happened in Boston tonight, but 
Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see where we go with this. I'm, I'm not all in on Marco Gonzalez, of course, but I think at that price, I may have some interest just for a value play. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, Trent. Like, if you want Sale or if you want Rockies bats, you need cheap pitching. And he's probably got the best stuff. It's just Red Sox, I don't care what happened tonight. I don't care what happened last week at certain spots. I don't care what's happened in the last two series for the Mariners pitching. It's not something that I can really rely on is Boston not to put up big numbers. So, for me, they're, they're one of, like, the two or three teams where I just immediately cross off the opposing pitcher. But – I mean, they're going to come in at low ownership, I would guess, because it's course late and there's a few decent hitting spots. So just based on ownership, a full stack like this Boston team against any pitcher regardless can put up some runs. But let's move on to the next game. Reds at Cubs. There is not an implied – or there's not an over-under yet. We have Chatwood versus Romano. Obviously, Chatwood is putting a whole lot of guys on base, walking guys at an insane clip. Like, he has just been awful when it comes to control. Guys, check out the umpire data tomorrow. Uh, if there's a real hitter's umpire, then that's going to cause even more trouble for Chatwood there. Playing in Great America Small Park, it's all beautiful signs for the Reds. And Sal Romano's not really a guy that I want to play at all. He's not that great of a pitcher. So the Cubs aren't a bad play either. I'm guessing the over-under is probably going to come in at nine, nine and a half on this game. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see for that. But I, I think this is full system goes for bats and full on fade on pitchers. You? Yeah, uh, you know, Grant, we talked about this on the podcast yesterday, and I distinctly remember mentioning these Cincinnati Reds were starting to heat up a little bit at home. And, of course, today they come through and drop another 11 runs sneakily at sub-5% ownership on most of them. Uh, All of them, in fact, I think when I check the ownership percentages. And I think this is another spot where they could just hang a number at very low ownership. Maybe the ownership picks up today because they've been scoring and people are, you know, they're going to have some recency bias. But, I mean, against a guy like Mr. Chatwood, Grant, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I've seen a walk rate this high from a starting pitcher in the major leagues in a long time. His walk rate is higher than his K rate. I yep. mean, this I think Whoa. there's three guys in the league that have that. I think one of them is a, like, guy that just got called up not too long ago, so his is a sample size problem. And there's someone else, I can't remember who it is, I want to say someone on the, maybe on the Indians, but that has been walking guys at, like, an 18% clip while he's striking guy guys at a 13% clip. But Chat was the most consistently doing it week in and week out, and they're just letting him go out there and, like, you know, whatever. We'll lose. We'll just lose. Just let them throw guys on base. <laughs> I mean, at, at this rate, I think we just can automatically pencil Joey Votto in for four walks. It's just, you know, is he going to hit the ball any of this game? I, I don't know. I mean, with this extreme walk rate, I think you just – man, I, I think Cincinnati once again is a sneaky team on this slate that could really, you know – let you ride the way to the money. So I'm, I'm going to have a ton of interest in, in this game again, Grant, just, just like Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Um, I obviously, if you want value bats, if you want cheap guys, Peraza, Barnhart, right at the top of the lineup is an easy way to do it. And then Winker and Duvall batting six and seven are no slouches played either. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty much anyone in the lineup. And even Hamilton, I mean, he gets on base. He can steal. And with Chapman walking as many guys as he does, I mean, I need to check out his uh, stolen base uh, 
statistics, but regardless, Hamilton can steal if he gets on base. And the only time he's getting on base is if they walk him. So here's a spot. Uh, yeah, let's move on to the next game. Uh, we got a decent little pitcher's duel here. Domingo German versus Blake Snell, eight over under. One of the lowest I've seen for a Yankees game in a while where there's not a real star ace playing. I mean, Snell and German are both decent in their own right. I actually have interest in both of them. Snell a little bit less than German, but German just striking out so many guys this year. Uh, Looking at his numbers, it looks like his strikeout rate on the year is 28.7%. He's has a huge 15.8% swinging strike rate so it's room for improvement he's going to give up against the Rays who are not very good they're not really a team I worry about in terms of putting up a bunch of runs and they're striking out their projected lineup I think is at 25 percent so German I think may be one of my favorite plays on the entire slate here and Snell is just a contrarian option going up against this high strikeout Yankees team yeah I mean Grant I'm just Watch rinse repeat. I'm just going to basically agree with everything you said on that. I think German is a nice. I think he's going to be a nice pivot off Chris Sale tomorrow on a slate where it's just so much offense involved. I mean, I'm looking on FanDuel. He's 8,500. I'm looking on DraftKings. He's 9,500. It's like the perfect blend of price and upside on a slate like this one where you're going to want to pay up for a few bats, but you're also, but you also know you're going to need some pitching to get you there. I just think German provides so much of that uh, against a raised lineup that, that just, you know, despite what happened today with these four runs, they scored against Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray still went six and two third innings with seven strikeouts. And I could see German doing something similar and possibly not giving up any runs. So, Definitely love Domingo German tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely a great upside play. What about the bats? I mean, obviously, Stan going up against a lefty is one of the top plays, and he should get less ownership because Coors is on the slate. So more people are going to gravitate towards that. Outside of that, I don't think there's a single other bat I really want to use. I mean, maybe just as an off-the-wall GPP play, you could do a full Yankees stack. But I, I think this is just a full-on stay away from me on both sides of it outside of Stan. Yeah, you know what, Grant, I'm so glad you brought that up because that, that was definitely going to be a plug-in of mine. You know, standing at 5K on a slate like tomorrow against Blake Snell, I mean, geez, man, he's got a 440 ISO this year and a 4470 Woba, 664 CX Woba. His average air distance right now against lefties is 353.7 feet. My goodness, man. It's just – he, he could sneakily hit two home runs on this slate at 3 to 5% ownership. I, I think – you know, I don't have a ton of interest in really anybody else but him on this team. I, I just think he's got to be in tournament consideration here with, with these numbers against left-handed pitching this year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you, but we're not using any rays, so let's move on to the next game which is interesting. Uh, I don't know if you saw this tweet. I think someone was saying that the Mets won't figure out who they're going to pitch until they get to the stadium tomorrow. That might have been a joke or it might have been a lie. I have no clue. But in any case, it looks like Vargas is the one slated to start. I'm guessing he likely will. They may have just been saying that to mess with people. He's going up against Rich Hill, eight over under in this game. Uh, Rich Hill obviously had his first start back from the DL last game. He looked pretty good. I've got a little bit of interest in Rich Hill. I mean, 
lefties in this lineup worry me a little bit. Rich Hill's a bit more of a reverse splits guy, although he doesn't give up a huge amount of hard contact. So lefties gives up more hard contact to righties, so it's kind of a similar thing to Andrew Kashner, I guess, is the one guy I think of, although Rich Hill's way better. But 8.6K for a price tag. You're looking at these other pitchers on the slate, and not a whole lot of guys interest me. Not a whole lot of guys have the upside that Hill has. So I might play some Hill, and I could see doing a um, mini Mets stack here because Hill can walk some guys. He's walking a lot of lefties this year. There's a lot of lefties on the team that can walk. Uh, so I, I, I think I've got more interest on Hill, but the Mets are a sneaky, sneaky GPP play. Yeah, I mean – I don't think I'm going to have any mess tomorrow. I mean, I think we've seen real fast how awful this lineup can be outside of Coors Field. Uh, you know, I was watching them play in Coors, and I said, oh, well, maybe they're turning a the corner. They come back home, and boom, back down to reality. Coors makes, you know, crazy people of us all, but I, I don't think I want to play any mess tomorrow. In fact, I think I, I may have some interest in Rich Hill here. You know, I had some interest in him coming off the DL when he was going against the Cubs. I think he was probably in that 6K range at that point. But uh, even at 8.6K, he's going to have a a little longer leash than Kershaw. And so, you know, as long as Mr. Blister doesn't pop back up again tomorrow like it does every start seemingly, uh, I I feel like we can pencil him in for six innings, you know, six to eight Ks and maybe give up a run or two. And I think that's going to be perfectly fine, especially if you're thinking about pairing him with, you know, Domingo German at 9.5K. You know, I'm not saying you have to do that, but I definitely think that's a reasonable combo here for SP1, SP2. And I think that'll give you a route to to plug in some bats. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely right there with you. And then on the other side, let's just assume that Vargas is pitching that – the what it looks like right now and that that tweet didn't happen if it did if they change it around then adjust on the fly there'll be grinders live in the morning tomorrow to tell you what to do um but on the dodgers i mean turner obviously in play going up against the lefty even though vargas is probably going to be in there for only two two turner at bats but i mean they have a 4.56 implied team total at this moment it looks like it's a decent spot for them i don't know if i'm going to full-on stack them but Kemp and Turner are the two guys that have a lot of interest in. Maybe. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, listen, if Vargas, Vargas is on the bump tomorrow, I, I think I'm going to have tons of interest in all these Dodgers. Listen, man, these guys, once again, Grant, my, one of my favorite stats on air that I love to provide the listeners, the Dodgers are averaging 5.34 runs on the road, and they score eight tonight. Now, listen. You know, of course, Mr. Matt Kemp comes in and hits a grand slam to, to boost that number. But I, I just think you've got to have tons of interest against Jason Vargas. He's one of the pitchers that I, I target almost every time he's on the bump. Uh, tomorrow's not going to be any different. You know, will I full-on stack the Dodgers? I, I can't guarantee that right now. But, you know, just if you're pulling up play IQ guys, I think my two favorite Dodgers tomorrow are going to be Matt Kemp and Max Muncy. I mean, man, Max Muncy, 303 ISO, 424 Woba, 541 CX Woba. Kemp, 321 ISO, 433 Woba, 639 CX Woba. I mean, both guys are striking out, you know, Kemp at 24.1% and Muncy at 23.1%. But I I don't – I think that number just goes even lower when you've got a guy like Vargas at 17.8%. So I'm not going to go on and on, but – 
I love these Dodgers tomorrow if Vargas is on the bump without a, without a short leash. I, I love these Dodgers. Yeah, and then also something you mentioned, uh, if Peterson gets the start, regardless of where he's batting in the lineup, I have interest in him. He's been so hot lately. And like I said, Vargas is not a guy that generally goes late into the game. So that gives a huge bump to him. And same with Muncie, who is probably going to regress a little bit going up against lefties, but he probably only has one to two plate appearances going up against Vargas. So if you're going to stack these guys, stack it. And a little bit of a different way would be my suggestion. Watch out for the pinch hit risk guys like Kike and probably maybe Forsyth. Um, but just know that anyone can get pinch hit on this team because Dave Roberts is a dick. We'll just put it that way. Uh, <laughs> on to the next game. 9.5 implied team total here. Boyd versus Plinko, as I will pronounce his name because that's more fun to me. Uh, I'm not touching either of these pitchers. You? Yeah, I, I just don't think this is a spot for it. Um, you know, I, I think I've been a little bit heavier on Detroit than most. Uh, you know, Detroit, man, I, I think it was one day last week on our early slate, man. They really helped me on our early slate. They had a very profitable day. You know, I think I had Candelario and Goodrum. And, man, they, they've just been such a profitable team this year. So I, I don't think I want to take a chance with Plutko here, even at his very reduced price of 6.2K. Um, I just think this is a game for offense. Cleveland's at home. Don't overthink it. Lindor, Bradley, Ramirez, Encarnacion. Just look up and down the lineup. Pick who you like. I don't. Th- I just don't think you can go wrong. Even if Rajai Davis stays in the nine spot there. I mean, to be honest, I think I think it's better for him in the nine spot for lower ownership. And then he's got you know the bad boys coming up right behind him. That if he gets on and steals a base, they're going to bring him in. So, I mean, I. I you know, this is a game for offense, and I think I'll be affording the pitchers on both sides. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Uh, Cleveland's, especially at home, Cleveland's a good stack every single day. And then Detroit, I mean, you talk about a stack with a decent implied run total that are cheap. Like, outside of the top three guys, I don't think there's a single other guy in the lineup under or over 3.6K. So, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of playing Victor Martinez, but – 2.9K, that's cheap enough. And then you can throw Hicks in there. You can throw Goodrum. You can throw McCann. Like, any anyone, any of these guys pretty much, like, is a decent way to even or uh, end your stack and try and get sale or try and get some Coors exposure here. So, I'm, I'm, I'm on both these guys uh, or both these teams. Both of them are great. Let's move on to the next game. Diamondbacks, Pirates, 8.5 implied to, or 8.5 over under. Buckholtz at Williams. I, I can't I, – I don't know how Buckholz is still in the league. Like, I just don't understand. Isn't he 70, 80 years old right now? I mean, I, I have no clue, Grant. And then I look at his starts. And, you know, he's given up some runs, I think, in one or two starts. But, man, Mr. Mr. Magician, Clay Buckholz, just keeps getting the job done. However, I will not be playing him tomorrow. Uh, or today, excuse me, against the Pittsburgh Pirates. I just don't think that's a profitable way to go. Listen, these Pirates haven't been striking out a lot, and they've been known to kind of hang numbers at home, and I've been tracking them. And they've been their, their home numbers have been trending down slightly, uh, you know, just since the, since the beginning of the year. You know, just I guess due to a few injuries and stuff like that, but they're still averaging over four and a half runs at home. I'm not going to have any interest in – in, in Mr. Clay Buckholz tomorrow. But I do, I will have tons of interest in this Arizona offense. I mean, they've been high. I think you can just stack these lefties top to bottom. 
Trevor Williams struggles there. And so I think Arizona could sneakily win you a slate tomorrow. Yeah, no, absolutely. Exact same page. I mean, but I'm not really interested in the Pirates. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, they're probably not going to put up a huge amount of points, but they strike out at such a low rate that the upside is not at all there for Buckholz either. I think they have one of the lowest strikeout rates in the entire league. It looks like a projected lineup, 60%. So no upside for Buckholz. The price is not right. Like, I just, I'm going to stay away from Buckholz and the Pirates. But yeah, these, these Diamondbacks have been so hot lately. The implied team total is low enough where I expect very little ownership. But you can go, John Jay is fine. I'm not really a fan of playing him ever, but Goldschmidt, Lamb, Peralta, Descalzo, Avila, if he comes to that lineup, is a real cheap guy. Even Kettle Marta, every once in a while, throw into my lineup just to round it out. Uh, but any one of these guys is all system go. I don't, I'm not going Dyson. I refuse to play him ever since he was over on the Royals. It's never ended well for me. It's just occasionally ended all right. That's pretty much it. It ends all right every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, I'm so glad you mentioned John Jay. At 4.4K on DK, he will have legitimately 0% ownership at that price. But, man, at the top of this Arizona lineup, it's just been so much easier for him to rack up the fantasy points. I mean, I've looked at his game log, and it's just singles, doubles, you know, bringing guys in. Is he going to hit a home run tomorrow? I doubt it. But he could legitimately get you home run fantasy points in three at-bats. And, you know, despite that elevated price tag, look, I'm not advocating that you, you know, stick your flag on, on John Jay. But at 4.4K, if you're building a Diamondback stack, knowing that Trevor Williams struggles with lefties, I really think you've got to include him and just take the shot on him and, and, and bite the bullet. Because as we, as we know already, Graham, once the slate starts, doesn't matter what the salary is. You need the points to get you to the top. Yeah, gosh, you're starting to talk me into him, and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Uh, I'll end up with him. I know I'll end up with him, and I'm just not going to be happy with myself. But you're right. He's had a hit or multiple hits. Yeah, multiple hits in, I think, seven of the last ten games, I want to say. My goodness. Yeah, I mean, it's something crazy like that. Yeah, so, well, you talked me onto him, and I'm going to hate myself if he goes over tomorrow. And and I'm not going to be happy with you either, but I'll forgive you one day. Uh (laughs) <laughs> Next day game, McCarthy versus Hefts. Nine over under here, Braves versus Orioles. Um, I, I'm looking at this immediately, and anytime that I see Hess's name on the slate, he's a guy that I immediately want to stack against. And looking at these Braves bats, our beautiful lineup against him, like I, I'm going hard on the Braves. Like they're, they're a nice pivot off of uh, the Rockies. Like you go with Inciarte, Albies. Swanson, Freeman, Marcakis, Flowers, anyone in the lineup, all the way down to Culberson or Carmengo. You can do this any way you want. Uh, I am going to be all over it because Hess, he's giving up huge amounts of hard contact, huge fly ball guy, does not strike out many guys, walks all a bunch of guys. Basically, every single thing that you can do to pitch a disastrous start, he does. So I'm all over these uh, Braves bats. What about you? Yeah, man, I think you've got to have some interest in these Braves. Boy, has Mr. Hess, are his numbers just off the charts, like you said, with everything you want to see. I mean, the guy's K rate is at 12.5%, XFIP at 6.38. His pounding is coming. We may not know exactly when it's coming. Washington kind of got to him a little bit in the later innings, I think. 
in around the fourth or fifth inning, the, the last start he had out, and I was actually watching that one live. And, you know, I kind of saw Washington begin to turn a corner and string together some runs. And so when I look at this Braves offense who strikes out, you know, at, at, at a much lower clip overall than the Washington offense, I think you've got to have some interest here. NCRT, Albie, Swanson, Freeman, like you said, up and down the lineup. I mean, man, this just smells like a wraparound when you've got Camargo and Culberson at the bottom and then bring that thing back around. I just think this is a perfect spot for the Braves. I do want to get your opinion, though. I'm not really big into Brandon McCarthy. I don't like Baltimore at all. But the past few days, they have started hitting the ball again. How much interest are you going to have in this Baltimore offense on the other side at very low ownership, at very suppressed prices? I mean, almost almost none, realistically. I mean, I'm not a huge McCarthy guy, but he, he gets a decent amount of ground balls. Like, he doesn't give up a whole lot of hard contact. He's not a guy that profiles well to get beat up by this Baltimore team. It's in a decent hitting park, which is definitely a downgrade to him, but he, like, I guess you could throw him in there. Like, it's going to be real sneaky. Just, I don't think we need sneaky, considering there's so many, like, uh, there are, what, three teams with under a three-and-a-half implied total, and there are 10, 15 teams with over a four. I don't think yeah. I need to go here with this Baltimore team. Like, I I guess Chris Davis has had hits in, I think, two straight games, which is incredible to me. I never thought I'd see that again the rest of his career, but like I, I have more interest in McCarthy, especially if Davis is in the lineup, just because of the K rates of these guys. Like McCarthy's a decent pitcher. He's pitching well this year. He's not striking out a huge amount of guys, but that is definitely more of an upside play now because of the guys that are in this lineup. I mean, you look at Peterson, 25%, Trumbo, 22%, Scope, 24%, Mancini, 24%, Davis, 36%, Joseph, 30%. There's high strikeout guys all the way up and down this lineup. And outside of Machado and Jones, everyone's going to strike out at high clips. So I'd rather use McCarthy than I would play Orioles. But I understand your thought process behind it. Like, start to play them when they get a little bit hot. But I, I just – I can't. I can't stomach it. Yeah, look, I, I don't, I don't like the Orioles, and I, don't, I don't want to play them at all. You know, that's why I just wanted to pick, pick your brain a little bit and see how you felt about them. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I'm going to have any Orioles, but we'll, we'll see how this start goes tomorrow. If they score more than five runs tomorrow, I think we better start turning a corner again, unless they, you know, let us down. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm right there with you, but. Uh, by the way, favorite bats, for, like any any bats in particular on the Braves or the Orioles that you want to play just as one-offs? Well, it, I, it always starts with Freddie Freeman if you can afford him at 5.6K, you know, the best overall hitter on this team. And then I, I love Nick Markakis, man. Mr. Consistency here has been really good this year. And almost every time I take him, you know, he scored enough points that that will equal home run production. And in fact, he's hit a few home runs this year. So uh, I think I start with those two and then I build from there. If, if I've got, you know, enough salary to make it work. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. All right, let's move on to the next game here. Oakland versus the White Sox. Rodon versus Blackburn. You know, I'm a guy that loves to play the, the athletics. Today's going to be no different. I don't think they're that high on my list. Um, going against Rodon just because he's he's pitched 
He hasn't pitched great this season so far, at least looking at his numbers, but he is a guy with decent stuff. Um, he can strike out guys at a decent enough clip, which worries me a little bit. Obviously, it's a lefty, so Chris Davis, absolutely in play. Pinder is fine, but the problem is he may get pinch hit for. Uh, Olsen, I don't mind using him lefty and lefty, just because he's going to get a few righty hitter or righty at-bats maybe later on in the game, and he comes in at low ownership every single time. Lowry's all right. I prefer him against the righty. So I have a middling amount of interest in the A's today, but still anytime they're over, anytime they're away from their home ballpark, I have to at least think about them. What are your thoughts on these pitchers? Are you using either of them? And then go ahead and talk about the bats. Yeah. I mean, like you said, man, when the A's are outside of home, their home park, you're always going to consider them. I think I think what I have to determine in my heart and, and you know through my research is is Carlos Rodon going to get lit up tomorrow again with him you know kind of just getting back in the fold you know I'm looking at guys like Carlos Martinez from St. Louis who they're coming off the DL and they just haven't figured it out yet I'm looking at a guy like Kershaw who's come off the DL and it's not his elite self. You know, I'm looking at a guy like Bumgarner, despite his start against San Diego the other night, who's come off the DL and just hasn't quite put it back together yet. And then I look at Rodon's numbers, and I see his XFIP at 5.39. I see his K rate at 21.9. I see his walk rate at 9.6. I see his fly ball rate at, you know, 46.8%. And I just have to ask myself, if this is the Carlos Rodon we're going to get right now, then I, I have to have tons of interest in this open offense away from away from their home part who just hit the long balls all the time. And I think when I look at those numbers and I see that, I think about those other pitches. And I'm not saying he's those other pitches, but just a similar scenario. Man, I think you've got to have interest in this open offense from top to bottom. Yeah, I mean, my main problem is just I – like, when you're stacking – I'd rather do a mini stack, realistically. Like, I'd rather go gotcha. you know, a three or four man, go Davis, Lowry, Simeon, and then maybe throw on Olsen because I always worry about the pinch hit risk because it always seems to happen. They do it all the time because they have those huge splits, guys. Once I want to throw in Piscotty, although – what is it? Franklin, whatever his name is, Burrito? Yep. I, I, yeah, Franklin I, 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 I can never he's – been, he's been crushing the ball lately. Three home runs in the last three games – he got brought up there. He's playing real well. So he's a guy that he's expensive. He should be batting near the bottom of the lineup, and he can hit. So I guess that might be how I end up uh, rounding out my stack. And on DK, uh, you can't play him and Lowry and Simeon all in the same lineup because he's second and short eligible. Simeon and Lowry are second and short, respectively. Uh, so, yeah, that's not a bad way to go. What about on the other side of this game with these White Sox hitters? Their guys, every single time they play a low strikeout pitcher, I have huge interest in them. 9.2% K rate on the year for Blackburn, and it's a big enough sample size where I'm willing to believe this. I love Davidson. I love Polka. Listen, I, I'm a big believer in one that being able to legitimately change a whole lineup. I'm not going to harp on the white, the, the Red Sox, but Mookie Betts was out tonight. Uh, Abacel Garcia is back in this lineup. And I, I really think that helps this lineup overall to give them just a little bit more consistency, 
uh, a little bit less strikeouts at the top. You know, I think they're able to, to, to churn a lot more base runners with him in play. And, and I know that seems crazy, but just having him and Moncada at the top, I, I think it just gives them a, a, lot, a, lot, a lot more stability up there. And with him at 3.4K and Moncada at 3.7, I think at this rate I'd, I'd even be willing to skip over Jose Abreu and take all the sub-4K guys because he's the only one above 4K. And I think you can build a quality lineup there. I'm not advocating skipping Jose Abreu in a White Sox stat because, my goodness, he's a really good hitter. I mean, he's just really good and goes overlooked year to year in DFS. But, you know, if you're trying to build a, a lineup with Coors or with Atlanta or something like that, with all these guys sub 4K, granted, I think the White Sox might be my second favorite stack on the day at yeah, these they're, prices. Yeah, they're, they're... – they they actually might be my I'm starting to think like outside of Coors they're my favorite stack I think and they're my favorite stack to pair with Coors I mean a lot of the guys really mix well you have Davidson in there who's first and third base eligible so you can play him at both positions and not have to worry about too much I I'm the more I look at this the more I think I absolutely love this spot and so I'm rolling with them I'm rolling them with them a lot they they are pretty much going to be my lock and load of the day outside of Coors and I'm going to pair them with Coors a whole lot but we've talked this game enough. Let's move on to the next game. St. Louis at Milwaukee. Weaver versus Jacine. Nine over under here. We go rolling with any of these pitchers? No, I don't want to take either of these pitchers, Grant. I just think I've got enough value. I wouldn't fault you if you said you wanted to take Jacine. He's been pretty serviceable this year. And, I mean, at 8.2K, I don't like it. But I would not fault anyone for playing him with the way he's been pitching thus far, especially because he's probably going to see a fair amount of righties tomorrow. Um, I, I would fault for playing himself, but I, I don't legitimately, for myself personally, I don't have any interest in the pitching. I've got a lot of interest in Milwaukee tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I'm not using these pitchers either. Uh, Weaver is a guy that people still remember what he did last year, but he's been – a uh, little, little bit trash this year. Like, just hasn't been the same guy. Isn't striking out guys a huge clip. Like, he's not really doing anything well. Like, that's that's basically it. He's right. doing some stuff all right, but nothing, nothing well. Uh, so, I, I, I'm kind of right there with you. Uh, I don't know if I want to use Jacine. I'm not going to use Jacine. I'm not going to use much St. Louis. I may end up with one stack with, of them, just if it fits and depending on it, what who comes out in the lineup. But, yeah, these Brewers, they're expensive enough where – Who's going to play pay 4.9K for Jesus Aguilar? Who's going to pay 5.1K for Thames when it's a Coors Slate? Who's going to pay 5.1K for Kane when it's a Coors Slate? They have a low enough implied team total where not many people are going to be on him. I, you're, you're, you've talked me into it. You've talked me into Brewer's stack. And if you want to – well, I guess Thames is now outfield eligible, so but you can play both him and Aguilar. Yeah, yeah, I'm in it. Don't forget Pena there, number seven. He can hit – uh, every once in a while, always seems to give me a bomb every single time I play him. I have no idea why, and yeah, I, it just happens to look into it. So I'm good with all those. Let's move on to the next game. The most expensive pitcher on the slate, Mr. Garrett Cole, going up against Jason Handel, eight over under here, playing over in Houston. I believe the dome's going to be closed again tomorrow, which helps pitchers out a little bit. Two point six one implied team total for the Royals. I mean. Is there any way you're going with Cole over Sam? Yeah, I, 
I, I don't think so. I, I don't think there's – I just don't think there's a way I could do that, especially at his price of – what is that, 14 – 14-3, just like. 14-3 tomorrow, Greg. Was that more expensive than Scherzer was in his last start? I think it might have been. Yeah, it, it, it may have been. It may have been. I just don't see the rationale in taking him tomorrow at that price. And I, I, I just don't see the rationale in doing that. Now, for some reason, I thought Verlander was pitching tomorrow. Oh, they might have switched. I I heard something about them switching this around. So so is Cole pitching? Is Cole pitching or is it Verlander? Uh, I'm gonna double check. I think Verlander is pitching on Monday. Um, asked tweet from someone. The Astros have flip flopped Verlander and Cole again. So now we have Cole on Sunday and Verlander on Monday. Okay, so Cole at four TK. You know, Grant, I I will say this. I think there's a I think there's a way tomorrow, especially when we're looking at some of these other lineups. I, I think you can almost go double high upside at pitcher tomorrow with some of these offenses we've got out there, like the White Sox, like Oakland, that are so affordable. I, I think there's a road where we can go and we can take two expensive arms tomorrow. And by expensive, I'm still not playing 14K for Garrett Cole. But I, I'm looking at this this scenario, Grant. I, I think tomorrow you can take a Sale and a Domingo Herman tomorrow and get close to a quality lineup. I know that sounds crazy. Uh, I, I think you can get close to pulling that off. And and if you know if a team like the White Sox goes off, and I know we're not talking about them, but I'm, I'm bringing that up because of the pitching factor. I think that's something we can look at. But I, I'm not going to have any interest in Garrett Cole at. at 14.3K. I just think that's astronomical for a slate like this when you've got Sale and other guys at 1K and 9 and 4K below him. I'm not going to have any Garrett Cole tomorrow at all. So I just threw Sale and Domingo into a lineup with five White Sox in there, and I still have 3.4 remaining for my next three spots. It's absolutely viable to go with Domingo and Sale. Like, I'm basically – I'm rolling with Hale, Domingo, Sale – I so there's no rational reason to play Cole tomorrow. He's clearly not as good as he was early on in the season. He was striking out guys at such a huge clip because he was going against such bad competition and started to catch up with him. He's getting a little wild. He's reverting back what he used to be. He's going up against KC where they don't strike out a huge clip. Like there's no rational reason, but if I'm starting to see that he is going to be like one percent owned, two percent owned then it just makes sense from a pure upside if Sale gets beat up at 40% and Cole is at 4 or 5%, then he has a chance to just outplay him because this Royals team is not going to score a huge amount of runs. And Cole, with his stuff, can realistically strike out 10 guys in any matchup, whether it will happen or not, who knows. But just strictly from a game theory perspective, not based on stats, Cole is – not the worst idea in the world, but if you're rolling with Cole over Sale and small field GPPs or in cash, then you are in a – probably not making a great decision in my my book. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't think you can play Cole tomorrow at 14.3K. Love Garrett Cole. Love what he's doing this year. That, that's just too much on a slate like this one. Listen, I'm telling you right now, I would legitimately fade Garrett Cole tomorrow at 14.3K. I don't care if he drops – 
30 fantasy points at that price. I still think it's too much for what you're going to need to for, for profitability purposes. I mean, if you are you can play Cole if you're playing a White Sox stack. You're already going off the board. <laughs> like, yeah. You throw Cole in there. You throw Cole and Domingo in there. You still got 3.3 for your last three spots. Just saying, but we'll see. We'll see if any value guys open up. That could change at things. But Cole, like, yeah. there's not a whole lot of statistical evidence to justify playing him. It's strictly a game theory thing for me. Yeah. Where I might have it possible if no one is talking about him doing anything. Let's move on. Wait, we should probably talk about bats. Uh, we're obviously not using KC bats. But what about the Astros going up against Hamill? 5.39 implied total. Obviously, Hamill gives up a ton of hard contact. He doesn't strike out guys at a huge clip. 5.1 XFIP going up against all these wonderful righties right there at the top of the lineup. They're young and great. Uh, I don't mind any of these guys. The prices are a little tough to pay for, but it's a course slate, so people aren't going to be on them as much. Should come in at lower ownership. Similar situation to the other night with Astros in an all right matchup and cores on the slate. I'm fine with playing them. They're not they're not my favorite guys, but they're they're definitely a very good stack to have. Well, Grant, once again, uh, yesterday I brought this up, and people, yep. pro- people probably thought I was crazy. But if you played Ian Kennedy yesterday in two pitcher formats, I think you felt okay with what you got. I think he only gave up what run, one run with six innings, four Ks. I mean, at, at five point one K, and you know th- this may sound crazy, but Houston at home with the roof closed is not. Houston at home with the roof open when it's hot. And so I, I typically fade Houston at home, Grant, all year. It, it's so funny. I've just been fading them at home, and they haven't been putting out the same type of run production. And so, look, you know, I love consistent hitters, guys like Altuve that don't strike out a lot at Bregman. But on a slate like tomorrow where these Houston batters are going to be so expensive – I'm going to full-on fade Houston tomorrow everywhere. I'm not playing I'm not playing Garrett Cole, and I don't think I'm going to have a single Houston batter. I mean, when I've got, we've got all these offenses that we talked about, like Atlanta, like Milwaukee, like Oakland, like the White Sox, and then, of course, Coors is coming up. I, I don't see a reason for me to play Houston at home where right now with the roof closed, they're only averaging – four runs. I just don't see the value in playing them at those elevated prices. So I'm going to pass on Houston tomorrow on both sides. Yeah, you've got me sold. I mean, just looking at the last 10 games, playing in Kansas City and in Oakland, put up huge runs. Come right back, go up against Tampa Bay, play KC for one game, and just put up nothing pretty much the entire time. You got me sold. I'm off of the Astros. You're a smarter man than I. Nicely done, sir. Let's move on to the next game. Uh, the greatest pitcher of all time playing in this game, Bartolo Colon going up against Barrios. Nine over under here. Uh, just under a four implied team total for these Rangers. Barrios is playing better lately. You worry about him a little bit versus lefties, but there's a lot of lefties in this lineup, some of which have some huge strikeout upside. 11.8K for me is too much to pay for Barrios. Am I wrong there? Yeah, not, not the right slate. Uh, not the right price. So, yeah, we're just going to put a big big X up on Jose Barrios tomorrow. Uh, of course, I, I'm definitely not playing Bartolo Colon. I do think this is another spot. Texas is another team, Grant, that has sneakily 
started to heat up. They've been playing a lot better, and we're still not playing them. And they they did it again today. Low ownership. They cranked out eight or nine runs. They've been doing this now, I think, four or five games in a row, Brett, just crushing, and nobody's playing them. And I think I just I really think Vegas has this total wrong. Despite Jose Barrios being a pretty pretty good pitcher, I, I think this total is wrong. I, I think this is another spot where you can look at some ranges for offense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the total's wrong. I think it's going to go more. To, it's just the lines wrong. So I think right now the Rangers are a plus one sixty one favorite. I expect that to go somewhere down to probably plus one thirty one forty. Um, and that'll add their to their implied team total a little bit. That's my guess. I'm still not playing the Rangers. I don't care. I mean, there's too many other good spots on the slate. We have a full slate. There's no reason for me to go there, even at low ownership. With the price tags, I still want sale. It's a little bit tough to do here. So I'm not doing it. Uh, what about the Twins? Since we're obviously not playing Cologne, he started out the season well. He wasn't really getting blown up a whole lot. And then four or five of Pretty much every other game. So we look at his last six starts, six earned runs, then three, then six earned runs, then two, then eight earned runs, and three. He's on his every other start. So there's a guaranteed six to eight runs, right? I sure hope so. The Twins are still cheap. And, I mean, once again, Grant, I know we don't like Joe Maurer. I know the DFS community probably thinks, man, are you crazy? But Joe Maurer at the top of this lineup not striking out is always a good play. I mean, look, he's not going to go out there and light the world on fire for you. But at 3.5K, I'm not expecting 40 points, you know, 8 points, 12 points. I know that sounds crazy when you're trying to win a DFS tournament. But if he frees up the value for you to get other guys, I just think you have to consider him. And then, of course, you got Mr. Logan Morrison here at 3,400, who, of course, has more upside, so you're, you're probably always going to take him. But these twins, once again, are just, I think, a little bit too cheap in another great matchup. And I, I think as far as the cheap guys, I, I don't think I'd pay up for the expensive ones tomorrow because they're all in spots where I like other guys. But these cheaper – the cheaper twins, you know, sub 4K, I think you, they've got to be in consideration. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, just looking at the stack you can get without – with leaving out Rosario and Escobar, go with the four, five, six, seven, eight, or the one, three, four, five, or one, four, five, six, seven, eight. Like you're getting guys at real cheap rates there that are pretty decent hitters. I mean, Grossman, Kepler, both of them have been good hitters in the past. Dozier is just on a cold streak this year, but it's bound to change. Mauer was good at one point in his career, and now he's just a guy that gets on base, which I guess, like, depending on the site, site like, I don't know. I don't even know what I, – I just don't want to use him. I, you know I just don't want to use him. I'll, I'll, I'll take the number eight hitter instead of 3.1K and just deal with it. Yeah, yeah, no, this is not a bad stack. All right, time for the late hammer. I think this is the last game on the slate. Let me double check here because I am not entirely certain. Over on DK, this is the last game on the slate. Caleb Smith versus Herman Marquez, 11.5 implied team – or over-under with a 6.46 implied team total for the Rockets, similar to what we saw today, obviously did not work out well at all. I think those two pitchers were two of the top pitchers on the entire day in terms of points. I think they both had over 20. What 
what are we doing with this? Are we just doing everyone? Obviously, Arenado on a hot streak versus lefty. Going to be 80% owned on the slate. That's an exaggeration, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was somewhere close to that. We got Bohr versus a righty, 4.4K only. We got guys at a little bit of a discount over on the Marlins playing in Coors. We got Brinson probably hitting in the eight hole, a guy that I love playing. We got we got everything in terms of bats in this game. What are your favorite ones? Are you full systems go? Are you thinking about fading it because of ownership? What are we doing here? <laughs> oh, Grant. Oh, Grant. I think you, you're starting to learn my game a little bit here. I am going to full-on fade course tomorrow on a slate like this one. I, I'm not going to have any exposure. Listeners, please, I am not telling you to fade course. I'm just giving you my perspective on my approach to the slate. You know, I typically like to take cores when they're not going to be on, and I typically typically like to fade cores on a slate like this one where I feel like I have so many other spots. And, Grant, you know, to be honest with you, I faded cores today. I, I had one bat from cores in my tournament lineup. I only ran one today on the early slate. It was Charlie Blackman. He didn't do much. I stacked the twins, and I took some one-offs, and it really paid off. I think my one-offs were Olsen, Blackman, um, let me see who else I had. I can't remember who else. Oh, I had Brandon Crawford at shortstop from San Francisco. And so that's just kind of my approach to the slate today. And I think I'm going to take a similar approach to, to this particular slate. Listen, guys, I am not telling you to not play a course bat. What I'm saying is this. From a tournament perspective, you know they're probably going to be one of the higher owned teams on the slate. And there are multiple offenses with the same opportunity uh, against worse pitchers. They're just not in course. So I'm going to be full on fading course tomorrow. I'm going to take my chances elsewhere with offenses that are a lot more affordable. And uh, that's just kind of how I'm going to build my lineup. So, of course, Grant, I'm not telling you to fade course. I'm just telling you what I'm going to do based on what I'm seeing with this slate. Yeah, I mean – Honestly, this is one of those slates where they're going to be so heavily owned. Arenado is going to just be through the roof ownership. So I'm going to I'm going to get my exposure where I can. I'm probably rolling out 100, 200 drafts tonight on on the draft app and just stacking up cores every which way. Get some exposure that way. Cash, obviously, I'll play a little bit. I play a little bit more cash on cores slates because I like the cores bats. I throw them in there. I get some exposure to it so that I can fade them over in tournaments if it's the right spot, if they're going to be heavily owned. They're very clearly going to be heavily owned tomorrow. They're going up. Uh, the Rockies are going up against Caleb Smith, who looking at his pitch types aren't really that bad for cores. He has a great changeup, a great fastball, decent slider. Like Those aren't the ones that are hugely affected over in cores. So it's not like he's going to be as heavily effective as some of these other guys. He's been good throughout the season. He's been a little bit worse lately, but the guy's some decent K stuff. I could easily see this Rocky team being on one of their their cooler cooler nights here and just not really hang that well like they did to, uh, on Saturday. So, you know what? You kind of talked me into it. I'm still playing Justin Bohr because I love that man, and he's too cheap. I'll yeah. definitely have exposure to him in cash. I'll definitely have exposure to Brinson. I'll have one Miami full stack at least just because I always have every single slate, no matter what, I have one stack in Coors if I'm playing the slate. Um, so, yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up for the slate. So give me your favorite stack, non-Coors, of the day, and then we're going to do – worked out well today. We both got them right. Uh, give me a high-priced dong and a low-priced dong. 
Yeah, I, I think my favorite stat outside of course tomorrow, man, you know, I, I don't usually take this team, but my spidey senses are tingling here, Grant. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna look at I think I'm gonna look at the Chicago White Sox. I think that's going to be my favorite stack outside of Coors. Man, I just think they have so much upside on a slate like this one against Paul Blackburn, who, who's going to have such a low strikeout rate. I just think that's where I'm going to go. So I'm going to start with my, my low price down. I'm going to go ahead and start it off with Yoram uh, Moncada. And then high price down, I think I'm going with Free Money Freddy tomorrow. Freddie Freeman for the, for the high price. I am on the exact same page as you. My favorite sack of the day, very clearly the White Sox outside of Coors. Like, again, the biggest thing I look for is low strikeout rate, and Blackburn is probably one of the best guys for that. So my low price dong, Davidson. high price dong, other side of the plate, or other side of the field, whatever it is, Chris Davis. So that's going to do it. Will, thanks for, thanks for joining us, guys. Don't worry, travel be back next week. I may be on with him. Will may be on with him. Who knows? We'll see what happens here. But I hope you guys had fun. I hope you guys absolutely crush it tomorrow. It's been fun. I've loved doing it this weekend. So thanks, guys. Good luck. And I'll be on Grinders Live in the morning, so you get to see me again. Have fun with that. So he's Will. I'm Turf Ferguson. See you, kids. Capital One knows life doesn't alert you about your credit card. Pitch hitting. The catcher number two. Also, Karen in row J eating the hot dog. Did you mean to tip 167% yesterday at Lake Cafe Restaurant? Just checking. So, meet Eno, the Capital One assistant that catches things that might look wrong, like over-tipping, then sends an alert to your phone and helps you fix it. Eno, another way Capital One is watching out for your money when you're not. Capital One, what's in your wallet? See CapitalOne.com for details. Limitations apply. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.